thank you for joining me for the Perspective Through Pain podcast. This is part two with David Sword Ministries founder, Chris Gromus. Do me a favor, hit the subscribe button so you can get a new episode every time this is released. And if you like it, consider buying my book, Perspective Through Pain, on Amazon. It will show you how to live with purpose and persevere. Enjoy the show. We got the body, we got the mind. Let's talk a little about the spirit. So, hey, Uh, yeah, uh, as much as you feel comfortable with, man, what's, uh, can you tell me, uh, you know, the adversity, some of the things, what drew you into relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, you know, coming in before, before you fully committed to him? All right, so, um, I accepted God, Christ at like a very young age, but I didn't really know what it meant to be, you know, an actual follower of Christ. Like I, I didn't understand it. I thought I did. Um, and then I got into a really unhealthy relationship, um, with a, a, a girl, um, around, I think it was like 19 or yeah. 20. And, um, and just to see how much like, uh, and it wasn't her that influenced me. We both were Christians, like, uh, so to speak. And, both went to church and everything else, but it was like little like compromises here or there led us down this whole, like led us both down this bad yeah. path. And it just shows you like, I had no foundation to my faith at that point because it was like every little thing would happen. Like I would just fall farther down like the sinkhole, like where, it, and then it finally led to like partying and drinking heavily and being a borderline alcoholic. And, you know, start like I'd wake up on my days off and start drinking like the moment I woke oh up and, and it was like this huge like lifestyle that was not healthy um spiritually or physically um and then we broke up and I remember leaving and went, going back to Indiana uh where I lived for like um during my teenage years and I was in California at the time and I remember a friend of mine was staying at her family's house and she threw me a Bible and she said, read Romans eight. And I said, okay. You know, so I, I ended up reading the entire book of mm-hmm. Romans within that, that day. She just threw the Bible uh, at you. She's uh, like, that, there you go. Read it. Yeah. She's like, here, read Romans eight. And then she's a little like, good night. Yeah. And she left me in their, in their, in their spare yeah. bedroom. And, and um, I read it. And that, that was the beginning of, of that, of that moment of where I was learning like, Hey, you know what? Like there is a bigger, there's a bigger picture here. Um, fast forward, like I went, I was a missionary for a bit. Um, and it was great. Like I, I was walking great with God, everything else, trying to build that foundation, but I wasn't building it correctly. Um, I went on the missions field uh, for about six months, like full time was there, found out like, Hey, you know what? It's time for me to move back to California. Got a job. I was, I was working at Chili's of all places and um, I got a job and like, I, you know, it's like, you kind of feel lonely. I didn't know it too many people in that area. Um, and they all like the only thing to do was to go to the bar yeah. at night. And so I started drinking again and went down this mm. rabbit trail where I was supposed to be there for, you know, three to mm. six months. I ended up being there for oh three years. Because I couldn't get my act together. Finally, at the end of the three years, 
um, I, I found my way back to God and I started praying and started getting back in, trying to build that foundation. Oh and it was going well. And I, I moved out of my house. I was, I was living with some, some not very good people uh-huh. at that point um, that were constantly drinking and doing yeah. drugs. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. And I moved, started getting my life right. And that's actually when I joined yeah. Canfell. Um, I was coming out of that. I joined Canfell and I, it was start. And it's funny because the moment I, I could say the moment that my foundation really started uh-huh. to get built was it was right after mm-hmm. training we had, I went to, we went to church yeah. where, no, sorry. It was a show we did yeah. at a church and Karen was, uh, she was our manager mm-hmm. at the time. For those that don't know, um, she asked me, she was like, why do you believe yeah. this? about i don't remember what it was about and i was like because my pastor told me and she's like well how do you know your pastor was right and i had no words for that so basically this whole my whole life i was putting my trust into what people Mm. were saying and not what was actually being not not in Mm. anything in god so at that moment my foundation was i was trying to build it one way and i was doing well but then that one question made me actually see how to build my foundation correctly and say hey i can't trust what people say I have to look at and verify yeah. what they say. Yeah. That's so, so For everybody listening out there, uh, this is Brett Luster with Chris Gromis, Perspective Through Pain Podcast. Chris runs David Sword Ministries, founder of that, former bodybuilding.com ambassador. And uh, we're talking about Camfell Productions a little bit there. Camfell was a game changer for me, too. But I just want to, before you, you say a little more about that, Chris, it was a, uh, we used to show character building movies in schools across America. Uh, and and we used to show these movies and we would uh, talk to kids and encourage them. We get to introduce the show to hundreds of kids uh, at the beginning of the show. And uh, we'd set up these big screens. And it was like a movie theater in their gym or their auditorium. A lot of fun. Great transformative time oh, yeah. so i remember one time whenever you and me were on the road because chris and me we traveled for about five months together <clears throat> and i remember uh one time you, you you convicted me multiple times i guess the holy spirit did and because i said i said man uh i'm gonna convict basically i thought i could convict somebody with my words and you said no no man you're like the holy spirit's gonna convict that person you know i don't know if you remember that do you remember uh, that? I don't. I I don't honestly. Um, I, <laughs> wow, I didn't know I said that. <laughs> You're like you can't you can't convict somebody, man. You can't tell them this and that. The Holy Spirit's got to convict because you know as well as I do, Chris, that uh, you know you can tell somebody till you're they're blue in the face, but until they until oh, yeah. they understand that or until God prompts them that this is the right thing, then you're just gonna keep beating your head up against uh, shed, you know, and like just whenever you were with those guys, you know, for three years and you were in that bad situation and me too. Cause you know, I, I used to, to party and all that. Uh, it's not until you understand for yourself, like I've enabled my brother before with different things. Uh, whenever he was going through some things, uh, I've enabled other people that weren't in a good position, but it's, it sucks whenever you get a pull, away from that person or somebody pulls away from you but that's the most effective thing too though it's like but 
Oh, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there because you really impacted me, man. I thank you so much. I think, I think honestly, like, it's funny because I look at that a lot in life. Oh, I, being out there trying to like talk to people that are not Christians that are living a life of sin for them. They have no idea of sin. Um, and it's funny because like so much stuff equates back, like fitness equates back to this is like, you can't make like as a trainer, when I was working as a personal trainer, it's like, you can motivate, you can tell them all this information, but the moment until they make the decision to actually do the do like to actually make the change, they, they can't, they won't do it. Um, I had a client um, who came in. I, I put him through the ringer. I had, um, <laughs> it's funny. I have a, a reputation for every single client I've had so far. I've made them throw up huh. at least once. What? Get um, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Every single client I've had, they've all thrown up. And, um, but it's like, I put them through the ringer. I, I push them. I do everything else, but I keep telling them like, Hey, look, if you don't change the way you eat, if you don't do these workouts that I'm giving you on your off days, as far as, cause I, I would work with them three to four days a week, depending on the client. And it's like, I'm like, if you're not doing the, if you're not, you know, exercising on your, the days that you're not with me, if you're not eating right, like you will never see change. And I've had countless clients. I have like so many clients that they step on the scale and they don't see the results they're mm. looking for. And they look at me. I'm like, look, I told, I told you, like, you need, how was your diet this week? Oh, I ate cake like three times this week and ice cream and all this stuff. I'm like, well, there's why you don't see any changes on the scale. It's the same thing with spirituality. It's like, if you don't, if you're not, if you're not willing to make that change that if you're not willing to see that the hope in Jesus and everything else and see that like the lifestyles and everything else aren't right. There's no way to, there's no, there's nothing that mm. we can do. Isn't Chris, so, yeah. is, isn't uh, the whole thing with, you know, a person has to choose to do it on their own. Isn't it sort of like exercise for the spirit? Isn't that sort of like your, your, uh, whenever you pick up your Bible in the morning, you know, like you're working out, you're feeding your spirit, oh, yeah. you're giving nutrition to your soul. You know, you're like, whenever you're praying, you're talking oh, yeah. to God when nobody else is around. It's like, isn't that like working out those spiritual muscles? Oh yeah. Like the moment you, you pick up the Bible, I mean, it's a discipline, just like working out is a discipline, you know, making sure that you pick up the Bible every day and, and read it and not just read it, but actually study it, see what it's saying. You know, like that, that's exactly it. You're like basically exercising your faith. You're building your faith, pushing yourself. Like if you're comfortable in your faith, I would say like, I mean, there's differences between being comfortable with your faith, like momentarily, like it's good. But if you're comfortable with what everything that you're reading, if you're comfortable in your everyday life, I would say you might want to stretch yourself a little bit more and push it. So just as in fitness, if I'm comfortable bench pressing, you know, two, like 225 pounds or 185 pounds or whatever it is, if you're comfortable and you can do that 10 reps in a row with no problems, you have to add weight. Otherwise, you're not building the muscle anymore. Mm. Same thing with spirit, like same thing with your relationship with God. If you're not picking up the Bible and reading it every day, you're not you're not exercising your faith. If you become comfortable like with sharing, or if you're if you're not sharing the gospel, like you're you're not exercising your faith to the fullest. Like you you should be out there, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, what, have you heard about Jesus?" Or like living a lifestyle in a way where people ask you the questions, like, "Hey, why are you mm. like this?" 
because I love Jesus. Oh, okay. I will admit. Like, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, it's just, it's it's one of the hardest things to do, and is to share your faith. But it's like one of the biggest things you can do to exercise your faith. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something that I I don't know for whatever reason I haven't seen the opportunities, or maybe I've been weak, too weak in my faith to actually make the opportunities happen or whatever. But uh, or maybe it's because the whole COVID thing, because we're not really getting out hard. I I literally don't, I don't know if I've shared my faith more than like twice in the last year. You know, I just, I don't know the opportunities are coming up, you know, maybe three times. I don't know. Or maybe I don't think about it. And don't feel bad. I I know I haven't shared my faith and probably, you know, as far as the whole gospel presentation, I do tell people encouraging things. Maybe I'm just trying to make excuses for myself. right Oh, no, I think you know, I think there's different yeah. ways of doing it because not going out and like you have the way of the master where they're all in the pier, you know, they're like, hey, you know, here's the Ten Commandments. Have you broken these? That's one way to evangelize, which I don't really care for because I like to emphasize the relationship with Christ over the damnation yeah. of hell. You I know what I mean? Agree. Um, so, I mean, when you look at it, like there's different ways you can do it. And it's not always telling people about Jesus. It's sometimes it's your lifestyle, the way you live the way people see it, like they say, there's something different about that guy, you know? Um, it is encouraging. Like, hey, you know, like, man, you're doing really well today. Be encouraged. I don't know how many times I found out a person was a Christian because they're encouraging. I was like, I was like, man, you're always so encouraging. He's like, yeah, man, it's because of my faith. It's like, and you're like, oh, cool. It opens mm-hmm. up those doors. It's not always sitting down and be like, hey, Jesus loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. Because I think there's a lot of times people are turned off by that now. Mm-hmm. Because there's been there's been been misuse of that. I think now it's more the way you live your life, the more you like interact with people. It's being set apart mm-hmm. from people, like, or set apart That's from good. the world. It's about like saying, "Hey, you know, like when people are sitting around telling dirty jokes or cussing or looking at uh, women or guys inappropriately, it's like, hey, dude, I, I sorry, I don't want nothing mm-hmm. to do with it, and leaving a non like a non. You don't want to be that guy that. They don't want to be around, but at the same time, you don't want to be around when they're doing the back stuff. So it's the way mm. you interact as well. It's like, hey, you know what, guys, I'm going to step back. You guys are like, they're telling dirty jokes. It's like, hey, guys, I'm going to step back. Um, I'll talk to you guys later and just kind of like leave. And then they will catch on to the fact that whenever they're telling dirty jokes or looking at stuff they shouldn't be, that you're not around. And they'll kind of question mm. why. And it opens that's up so doors. good, Chris. That's so because you how you explain that is you're doing that out of respect and grace, and you're just you know you on your terms your values don't align with that, so you're just respectfully oh, yeah. taking yourself out of that situation. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. We have to remember too. It's like as Christians, we're judged differently than non-Christians. Yeah. Like as far as like our souls. So when we go to heaven, we we are going to heaven as a Christian, we're going to be welcomed in. Um, but as non-Christians, they could be the worst people, like a person that's a non-Christian that does do nothing like doesn't as, as far as the world's concerned, doesn't do anything really bad, but they're not a Christian. They never accepted it. They're going to the same place that Hitler went, you know, they're going to the same place where Bin Laden went. Like it, it's like, they're going to the same place. So when we look at people, it's like, we have to understand that they're judged differently. So when we look at, you know, their sin and we're like, Hey, you got to quit sinning. It's like, well, they don't have to quit sinning. 
because they're not a Christian. Like we have to worry about the fact that they need to be a Christian first. They need to have a relationship with Christ. The Holy spirit has to come in to their lives and convict them of what's Mm -hmm. going on, but they can't have the Holy spirit without, without accepting Christ. Yeah. That's so good. So let's go back to Camfell, which is actually uh, an organization that we, you know, we would go into schools and we would show them character building movies and we would teach them just basic character, biblically based character principles. But we usually didn't go out and share the gospel. It was kind of rare unless that opportunity presented itself. But, you know, we would go there, we'd just build kids up, we'd encourage people, we'd make relationships with the administrators. Man, I appreciate you telling me how important that was to you in your life, because for me, that was a, a time where I felt like I grew up. In a way, you know, it was actually the first full time job I had after college. So uh, I was 25, I believe, when I started and uh, I'd worked a couple of part time jobs after college and things. I really grew up, you know, being out on the road. Can you tell me, Chris, what's what's the number one person in Camfell? who made an impact on you. And you can't say Karen either because you ended up marrying her. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was a pretty big <laughs> impact. Um, impacted yeah. my entire life. Oh, man. Um, that's a good question. I got to think about that for a second. Because, I mean, like everybody that worked there yeah. made a huge impact. Um, I think... Or you can say Karen for a moment, but think about somebody else too. <laughs> well, it's funny because like there was these times where I see like uh, <clears throat> there was these times in the in that job where it's like I met people at these schools. You know, we both did, and just to see the differences in people. Um, I remember when I, I had to go by myself. Um, for the first the first half of the, the school year, I had to go by myself up to Utah, and I remember like people finding out in this one place that I wasn't Mormon. They thought I was, um, and just that kind of impacted me too. Is just like, you know, like we live, we're supposed to be living these these lives, you know, like we're set apart. But then when we're doing that, people automatically kind of assume that you're yeah. in the same religion the same time um when i was like uh not mormon um oh man that's a good question the second question to that i was going to ask is one yeah you were getting in, into it what's one person at any of the schools that we went to that really impacted you or that made a big impression on you well the funny thing was the funny one i'll give you the funny one while i'm thinking about the other one the funny one is um, I remember I'm, let's see, it was 12 years ago. I was 26. I think I was 26 or 27 at the time. And, um, I remember walking, I was at, we were out of middle school. I think, I think it was me yeah. and you We're at this middle school and this guy yelled at me to stop. Like I was walking to the van our, our work van to grab a, a part or something. This guy yelled at me to stop. I'm like, I, I kind of I, I, I assumed he wasn't talking to me because it was a teacher or faculty or something, and I was like, okay. I kept walking. He's like, he goes like, you take one more step, hmm. you're going to be in trouble. And I said, so I stopped. And I looked back. Yeah. And I was the only one in the hall. I looked at him. and He's like, you better get back to class or you're going to go to the detention. 
And I looked at him. This guy must have been like 22, 23. Like, so I'm sitting here. I'm like older than this guy. And I look at him like, I'm like, dude, are you talking to me? He's like, yeah, get back to class. I'm like, I, I work for Canfell, dude. I'm like, I'm 26. I'm like, I graduated eighth grade like forever ago. Um, so that, that one impacted me just in the fact that I felt made me feel good. I was like, ah, I look young. I look like middle schooler. Which actually looking at that now, I'm like, that huh. shouldn't make me feel good. Um, but I, I think honestly, there was one. I think it was somewhere in New York. I remember now. It was a lady, and this impacted me in the, in the fact that it makes me feel for the lost um, and people that don't have like a like a moral backing to stand on was. Um, I remember this. It was in New York somewhere. This lady, um, she was just started talking to me, and she was just like kind of trying to get me to go with her <laughs> on a date or something. It was a prince. It was a principal of the school, what? which made it even funnier or sadder. Yeah, and I was just like, I looked at him like, "Hey, you know what? Like, I, I'm engaged." And she's like, "It's okay. Like, she's she's not here. She's in California. You can just go on a date with me. You're gonna be gone." I looked at him like. I'm like, and I'm not that good looking. I'm like, Chris, come on, you're handsome. I'm just like, I'm trying to tell her, <laughs> but I, I was trying to tell her, like, hey, look, like, I'm trying to be respectful to my my fiance. I'm like, look, like, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna even entertain this. And she didn't care. And like to me, that makes mm. me sad. It's like well, you don't care. Like, why don't people care about commitment anymore? You know. So that that impacted me. Like that faculty member really impacted me in the fact that just made me see yeah. like people just don't care there are people that don't care uh honestly back to the thing with that impacted me the most can't fall, man i'm gonna have to say and like i'm not pandering right now because like, it's podcast really? i think it was you um yeah like uh i learned so much like traveling like about like conviction and um to doing the right thing um like you had a moral you had a moral outrage and like, it's funny. Cause I didn't look back. I, I didn't realize it back then. I do now more about like the treatment of animals and stuff like that. And how it was like McDonald's and stuff. Like they were, they were buying stuff from people that weren't treating too well. And I look back now, I was like, man, I should have helped support <laughs> yeah. you in that because it's like, I finding out, like, it's funny the, when you start looking at nutrition differently, you start finding out the bad things that happen mm. in the animal community. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I, I mean, they're animals. People look at them like, Oh, they're just animals. Like, yeah, but it's like, God put us over animals and we're and mis- like, there's a thing about mistreating them, you know, like, like taking part in mistreatment of animals yeah. isn't cool, you know? And I'll be honest, like the reason I went, vegan was not because of the animals it was because of fitness and performance but the more i started figuring out about it the more it made Mm. me a little bit angry you know it's like cows that aren't allowed to move and chickens like five million chickens in like one little pen it was like it wasn't cool and like i should have been there with you now that i know like even potatoes like you look at the potatoes mcdonald's have they they want them to look so perfect that they put them in they use this pesticide that they have to put them into a bar or a, mm. a warehouse and let them air out for over two weeks after they've been wow. picked and washed. I'm like, and we put that into our body because it tastes good. Um, 
and stuff like that. And it's like I we shouldn't be. I'm like I, I should have been processing like the mm-hmm. that stuff too. But um, but yeah, I have to say you, man, because like you have that conviction for moral like yeah. moral outrage for stuff. I, I, I respect that, that a lot. That's, that actually encourages me quite a lot. And now you're inspiring me with that. So I want to go back to you inspiring me. We're going to keep it on you inspiring me, Chris. Okay. It's my show. Okay. Okay, So, but yeah, whenever we were out in Massachusetts, I remember we went to the state park. Okay. And you taught me how to start a fire, how to build, how to build a shelter out of almost any brush. And you even taught me how to filter your own pee so you could drink the water. I believe from the condensation. <laughs> from oh, yeah. that was yeah. uh, that was a fun time. Hey, do you think those skills right now? We can talk about anything else you want to talk about survivalism on the naturalism, <laughs> but uh, do you think those skills help right now? Because uh, um, you know people don't have as much money, and they sometimes um, I don't know what you want to say. Uh, I mean, some people may have to. I don't want to go that extremist but you know if people did lose their homes or whatever for whatever reason or if or if the country went south you know and we had to live out in the wilderness you know do you think these techniques that's that's an important skill to know the survivalism so honestly i think this has kind of opened up a lot of eyes in the fact of like prepping and survivalism like i'm not a prepper by any means um in fact like i used to make fun of the people the preppers for pandemics like i i it's funny. I did a video not too long ago. It was like uh, like January, me making fun of like the preppers, and then March, me <laughs> taking notes from the preppers. Um, but I think right now it's like so we're yeah. facing a meat shortage, right? So I mean that is a food source, and so understanding how to go out and catch a fish, um, how uh-huh. to go out and go hunting, like uh, to be honest, like yeah, I I don't I stay away from mostly animal based projects mostly. But at the same time, like if I go fishing and I catch a fish, uh-huh. like, yeah, I'll eat the fish because I know where that fish is. It's a clean meat. Like it's not been processed with antibiotics and all the nastiness. Um, but understanding like, hey, my kids are hungry. We need or I'm hungry mm-hmm. and I need to go get food. Understanding go how to catch a fish, where to catch a fish. Like that's important. And again, like same thing with hunting. Like, hey, I know where there, I know where there's food. I need to be able to go get it. Um, like if there was a global shutdown of like all these resources i mean like we're dependent like oh yeah we can get water from the faucet but what happens if that faucet is no longer Mm. putting out water so it's like like there's been people that say oh yeah we'll never face meat shortages like because of the way it's set up well people got sick at the meat plants and they had to shut down so now there's a meat shortage so it's like that so that well it can't happen so understanding how to filter your own water is huge. Um, uh, and like you said, like if you go homeless, like what happens, like, are you going to be able to, you know, like obviously you want your yeah. kids to be safe. It's like, so what do you do? Like, I mean, like if my, we lost our house and we had nowhere to go, I don't want CPS to take my kids yeah. away, you know, but at the same time, I want them to be safe. And like, I trust us to take care of them. So it's like, can you go, is there a place where you can go make a shelter? Is there a way that you can make, you know, yourself safe mm-hmm. from the elements and have your kids safe until you can get yourself back up on your feet? 
I, I think those are all like valuable things. And, and it was funny because it's all all this got born on me watching Man from Versus Wild because I like Bear Grylls. But it's there, there's certain things you can do to make sure that you are safe yeah. and your kids are safe. It's really and I mean it's not hard to learn at all. Yeah. I mean people have been doing it for thousands yeah. of years, so. Hmm. Yeah, back to Camfell yeah. just for a minute because I love talking Camfell. When's the time whenever you knew that you were making a difference? Maybe it was at a show. Maybe it was at a hotel somewhere. We were on the road traveling. What What was the one key time you said, okay, this is really impacting someone? So it's funny. Campbell, like you put these videos up, you talk and everything else, and you don't always see the fruits of your labor. Um, I mean – working with uh, in churches as well, like you, you could give the best sermon and not see any results, but find out years later that you made a difference in somebody's life. So at Campbell, I think it was the time when um, we had, a, it was a show we were doing, talked about cutting. Um, and I remember there's a lot of schools that were freaking yeah. out about that. And they're like, oh, we can't show this. And it's like, well, this is what your students are dealing with. And I think it's funny. We got the controversial video. Like nobody else since has had it. Nobody before us has had it. We we but when we were together, we had the controversial video. Um, but we look at it now. It's like I remember reading a. Was it we got the the mm-hmm. feedback yeah. forms? And one, I think one of them said something about. Um, I think it was my first semester. I was I mean the first half of the school year. I think it was near the end. It said um, a student said something about it making a difference in their life because they were dealing with that and knowing yeah. that they weren't alone and that they can get out of that. Like that made all the difference. Like all of a sudden I realized like we aren't seeing uh-huh. the fruits of our labor, yeah. but they are there. So I think that at that moment, uh, let me know like, hey, we are making a difference yeah. by being out here. Okay. Even if we don't see it. Chris? It's been amazing having you on the show and just catching back up with you, man. It's really been a pleasure. You too. Yeah, and, and, hey, can you tell everybody what are the best places to connect with you with David Sword Ministries? Yeah, definitely. We we are on many different platforms. Um, so David Sword Ministries, you can find us on Facebook at David Sword Ministries. Um, Instagram, we're at DS Ministries. Uh, we actually just started. I saw that, yeah. Go ahead. Which, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. I love TikTok. Uh, now it's like funny. I get addicted to watching it, but it's also DS Ministries. Um, right now we're doing two different things. We're doing um, on TikTok, and sometimes we throw it on Instagram. But it's called um, "Cool Military Stories" and "Stories yeah. of American Heroes," yeah. um, where we highlight like different. Uh, the, I like the American heroes because we highlight different heroes. In America, that a lot uh-huh. of people haven't heard about, or aren't too popular, are not too popular, that they've done crazy feats. I love it. Like we just got done last night, we posted one about um, Dirk J. Vlug, who took out six, no five, uh, Japanese tanks by what? himself. Um, yeah, he ran. It was crazy. He had five round, five rockets. He loaded his rocket launcher five times, took <laughs> out five tanks. He ended up getting the Congressional Medal of Honor for it. Um, 
saved his entire unit. Um, so we did like we did that, and then you can find me on Instagram at Chris, or just Chris at Chris. I think mm-hmm. it's underscore Gromis. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, Is there anything so, else you wanted to add? Man, no, I just really appreciate you uh, letting me come on and talk. It's yeah. been awesome. I it's love it. Great having you on here. I know you got a wonderful family down there in Tennessee that you need to get back to. I don't want to keep up too much of right. your time. But thanks for joining me. Yeah.